Church, let us do something now uh, that's very important for the Christian life, and that is going to the Word of God. As we move into a time of prayer, I want us to offer these words unto the glory of God this day as a way of always preparing ourselves for more, and that more being, of course, time and communion uh, with our Lord. So, here from the Gospel of Matthew, the sixth chapter, verses 33, there are some words here that I think we can always put at uh, the front and center of our lives. So, if you would, let us say these uh, words responsibly this morning. Please join me. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Amen and amen. Church, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, O God, there are so many things that we can put first in life. Lord, so many things that are unhealthy, so many things, O God, that are quite frankly sinful, that get us off track, derail us, O God, frustrate us, and ultimately defeat us. Lord, that is why we need a double dose of the Holy Spirit and a good spiritual diet of your Word. Scriptures like this text from Matthew that tells us to seek first the kingdom, the kingdom of God, the kingdom that Jesus Christ ushers into our lives and into our hearts and into the problem areas of life itself. Oh God, in the name of Jesus Christ, we seek you and we seek your kingdom. For we know, oh God, that that is the ultimate and the most perfect way that leads to you. So come, Come, Lord Jesus, come. Perfection can only be found in you. Your perfect love alone can liberate this perfectionist in me, in you, in all of us. So, Lord, drive out our fears by a greater grasp of your grace and your knowledge of your love. Lord, you lived a life of perfect obedience for us as the second Adam, fulfilling everything that you, O God, require of us. In fact, Lord, you died a death of perfect love for each and every one of us as the Lamb of God, exhausting God's judgment against your sin. Your resurrection from the dead on the third day is in fact the first fruits and the guarantee that one day we too will be made perfect in love, the day for which we all long for more than any other. So Lord Jesus, we love you because you have first loved us and continue to love us. May your perfect love continue to drive every lingering and limiting fear from our lives. And we ask this in the powerful and saving name of Jesus Christ, who gave us the Lord's Prayer. And church, if you will please pray this prayer with me now. Our Father, 
who art in heaven. Hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Church, I am turning to uh, the book of Colossians this morning, the second chapter, verses 20 through 23. A word to the church at Colossae this morning. Picking up with verse 20, it says this, Therefore, if you died with Christ from the basic principles of the world, why, as though living in the world, do you subject yourselves to regulations? Do not touch, do not taste, do not handle, which all concern things which perish with the using, according to the commandments and doctrines of men. These things indeed have an appearance of wisdom in self-imposed religion, false humility, and neglect of the body, but are of no value against the indulgence of the flesh. Church, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Amen and amen. So, uh, church, I was um, doing some reading in this particular book uh, of God's Word this uh, week, and I, and I landed uh, on this text because I, I think it's something that was, uh, of course, relevant for uh, the church then. It, it's relevant for uh, the church now, for you and I now, for believers to hear. And, and, and here's what I, what I always want to to emphasize, and it's simply this, that the Word of God, Scripture, is very much a living Word, okay? Very much a living Word. By no means uh, are, are, are these words old or out of date, meant to be stored away in some closet. No, no, no. The Word of God, there is a message there for you and I yesterday, today, and tomorrow. That's why we call it the living word. So I would just ask that you just open up every time you hear the word of God, open up your heart, open up the ears of your heart, and let these words in because there is a powerful word for each and every one of us. So uh, a, a perfectionist, a, a perfectionist. You know, I, I, would, I would go to say that uh, there is a perfectionist in every one of us, is there not? right? A perfectionist in the sense that we, we want to try to get life uh, as good, as perfect as it can be for us, for our children, for our grandchildren, for uh, the next generation. We want to make sure that the work that we produce uh, is perfect in the sense that the I's are dotted and the T's are crossed, and it's as good as 
uh, as it possibly can be. Perfect in that sense. But of course, with anything, right, with absolutely anything in life, it can be uh, taken to the extreme, okay? Just as perfection uh, can be as well. So we're gonna we're gonna be looking at these different things. But but I, I would say that there, in fact, is that inner perfectionist in all of us. Okay, but it's only when we begin to treat uh, perfectionism uh, as an idol, worshiping, taking it to an extreme, that that it can get uh, dangerous. So let let's go back to the text this morning. I want to I want to unpack the text and then give a, a little bit of context here. Let let's begin with verse twenty. Let listen listen to these words here. It says, therefore, if you died with Christ from the basic principles of the world, why, as though living in the world, do you subject yourselves to regulations? Okay, let, let, me, let me stop there. First thing, before we get into this text, church, here's what we need to know, okay? Three things that will always be working against you and I, against the church, against the believer. And we need to know this going into each day. And it's simply this, okay? The world, the flesh, and the devil. That will always be working against the church and the believer every day. We have to know that. We have to be aware of that. As Scripture says, we have to be sober-minded and alert, for that as well. The world, the flesh, and the devil. Okay, always working against the good, the holiness of what the church is in the name of Christ. So, knowing that now, let's go to verse 20. Therefore, if you died with Christ from the basic principles of the world, here's what Paul is saying, okay? When you die to something in this particular context means you've been set free, okay? The word says that, in fact, when we ask Christ into our hearts, the Savior into our lives, we are in fact free. We have died to the old self, church, and we have been resurrected into something new. Okay, the scripture says a new creation, a new, a new creation there. So, based on that, we have died with Christ from the basic principles of the world. Why, as though living in the world, do you subject yourselves to regulations? Remember one of those enemies, okay, being the world, the world's regulations, the world's principles, the world's idea, you see, of perfection, which is in essence, you and I jumping through hoops, trying to cross those T's and dot those I's. For what? For what? Paul says. Listen to this. He goes into greater detail. Verse 21a, he says this. Here's some of the world's ideas of perfection, trying to be perfect. Here it is. Do not touch, do not taste, do not handle. Okay, he goes on in verse 22 and says, which all concern things, which here it is, perish. 
they perish, they die in a sense, okay? They perish with the using according to the commandments and doctrines of men. Did you catch that word man? Okay, it's limited, it's finite, it's ultimately going to decay, it's ultimately going to rust, it's ultimately going to die. That's the world's principles, you see. That's the world's definition of perfection. He goes on, verse 23, and he says, these things indeed, here it is, have an appearance of wisdom. Wow, I can really gain something out of this. Man, I feel like I'm on top of the world, right? Following these worldly principles of perfection. But he goes on to say, ah, it's only an appearance, you see. It's only a facade. It's a mask, you see. Here we go. He continues by saying, they have an appearance of wisdom in self-imposed religion, false humility, right, and neglect of the body, but, here it is, are of no value against the indulgences of the flesh. There's the other enemy right there, you see, have no apparent value. Church, Every one of us need to be seeking what is eternal, okay? There, in that reward, okay, is salvation. That is eternal. That is everlasting. That is something that will last a lifetime into the next life. Perfection. You see, Paul is speaking about the world's perfection, but he's going against the grain here, okay? He's simply saying this in a larger context, that as believers, church, you and I, we don't live in the world any longer. Did you hear that? We have to know that. We have to know that in our hearts. Therefore, the world's idea of what perfect is, well, it's just not true, you see. It's deceiving, in fact, and it will deceive you if you buy into it hook, line, and sinker. Paul is saying, look, we've been freed of that kind of thinking, that kind of mindset when we have died and resurrected in Christ. Here's another thing that Paul is saying here through his work, and this is very important. You see, we don't get to heaven, church, by you and I following a perfect list of do's and don'ts. The world says we do, but we've got to separate ourselves from the world. You see, we don't get to heaven, you and I, by following this impossible list of do's and don'ts. And listen to me, we don't have to live the Christian life like that either, okay? Now, having said that, let me explain myself, okay? Church, you and I cannot earn God's love and favor. Did you hear that? No matter who we are, no matter where we've been, no matter where we have lived, no matter what kind of ladder we have climbed, church, listen to me. We, you and I, cannot earn God's love and favor. Here it is. Here's what's key. We can only, church, only 
receive it. Did you hear that? Receive what God has given to you. Receive his love. Receive his grace. Receive his forgiveness. Receive Jesus Christ. We can't earn it. We don't deserve it. Just receive it, Paul is saying. That's key, and that comes up time and time again in Paul's work, you see, because he was one that, of course, didn't deserve it but he received it. You see, he got to that point in his life where he received it. Jesus said, why are you persecuting me? Why are you persecuting me? Just receive me. Receive my grace. So Paul knows what he's talking about, church, and he's imparting this wisdom into the believers then and also into you and I now. I want you to hear this quote from a famous preacher in the 20th century. His name was Charles Spurgeon about perfection and about the world's rules and regulations that are put on, this, on us. And I, and, I, and I think this is quite profound. He says it like this. I have found in my own spiritual life that the more rules that I lay down for myself, the more sins I commit. Did you hear that? Did you hear that? The world's rules, the world's hoops, the world's hurdles. We exhaust ourselves. We frustrate ourselves. The idea of trying to be perfect for the wrong thing, for the wrong reason, Dr. Spurgeon is saying. Here's another writer. Her name's Rebecca Solnit. She puts the idea of perfection in this way. She says, I quote, so many of us believe in perfection, so much so, get this, that we worship it like an idol. We put it above the Lord God Almighty, which, listen to this, ruins everything else. How about that? This pursuit of perfection. It ruins, she said, everything else because the perfect, listen, is not only the enemy of the good, it's also the enemy, you see, of the realistic, the possible, and the fun. Wow. Following the world's idea of perfect will just exhaust you, church. It will ruin a good mind and a good spirit, and it will make you difficult, church, to be around. Now, let me clarify something because this is very important here, and it's the difference between perfectionism, trying to follow in line with the world's idea of perfection, and the pursuit of excellence. Did you did you catch that? There's a difference here between perfectionism and the pursuit of excellence. Let, let me unpack that just for a minute, okay? Church, when you and I pursue excellence, listen to this, we're determined to do something, you and I, as well as possible with a given, listen to this, with a given set of talents, with a given set of resources and time limits, the pursuit, okay, of excellence. Now, now, now listen to this. But perfectionism's root here, 
okay? Perfectionism's root is pride or fear-based mentality that either fuels our, our fixation on doing something perfectly or, listen to this, or paralyzes us from acting at all. You see, perfectionism, the world's values, what the world is imparting upon us, the lies that are there, the deceit that is there, feeding into the flesh. The devil himself is just fanning those flames. The idea of being perfect, perfectionism, quite frankly, church, it's impossible. It's impossible. You can't win. You can't keep up because you're just going to exhaust yourself. There's another writer here that I found quite profound. Her name is Brene Brown. She says this. She has studied perfectionist tendencies, and she says this. Listen to this. Perfectionism is like a 20-pound shield that we carry that will save us, she says, from getting hurt. Can you imagine just for a moment carrying a heavy shield on your back or in your hands daily? Let me tell you what that's going to do. It's just going to weigh you down, church. It's going to weigh you down to the point where you are always looking down to the ground. It's never going to give you the opportunity to look up into the heavens above, to focus your mind, your spirit, your heart on Jesus Christ or on others or on the gospel. You see, a heavy shield, church, it's like a heavy millstone wrapped around your neck. It will just burden you, and it will weigh you down. You see, that is perfectionism. Uh, Dr. Brown goes on to say this, and I thought this was qu quite profound. She says this, if I look perfect, if I live perfect, if I work perfect, listen, I can avoid or minimize criticism or blame, or ridicule, the shield, church, saves me from getting hurt. Ah, she's on to something. You see, that's what the world always is trying to impart in our minds and in our spirits. We're never, ever good enough ever good enough. Well, you can go against the grain always of that of a statement like that by simply going to the Word of God and knowing this, that you are in fact, church, a child of God. You are special. You are valuable. You are loved. So know that that is the world speaking. That's just playing into the flesh and the devil is just fanning those flames because he ultimately wants to defeat you. So I want you to listen to this as I wrap up, and this is very, very important. This is what I want you to take with you this day. This is what I want to put on your heart this day and have you know and have you memorize and have you take with you as something valuable that is the gospel. And here it is. Church, if you know 
Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, then you already have what you need. Did you hear that? Despite what the world and its noise is telling you every day, and it's hard to escape it. It's hard to escape it. You'd literally have to live in a cave, right? Not to get hounded every day by the noise in this world. But let me tell you the gospel truth. If you have come to know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, then church, you already have what you need. So pass that on. Pass that on to your neighbor. Pass that on to a family member. Pass that on to your children and to your grandchildren. If you know Jesus Christ, then you already have everything that you need. There's no more humps or, or, or excuse me, there's no more hurdles. There's no more loops. There's no more hoops that you have to jump over or jump through. Here's what I'm asking you to do, church. Perfectionism, the world's definition of that, it is a heavy shield. What I'm asking you to do is put down that heavy shield of perfectionism and instead pick up the sword, church. Pick up the sword that is the Word of God and slay, church, that beast of perfectionism with God's help. Do that. Do that so you can live a full and satisfying life with our Lord. Let me uh, offer this pocket prayer, and we will send this out to you uh, this afternoon. But just hear this prayer, and let this prayer help to guide you and give you clarity in this uh, up-and-coming week. It simply says this, Lord, I want to live with less fear and more freedom, less by frenzy and more by faith, with fewer obsessions and with much more adoration of you, the God of all grace and peace. Church, we can do this. We can do this with God's help. Let me pray for us. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, O oh God, it's so very easy in this life, Lord, to get snagged, to get caught in this ever-ending frenzy of life that tells us we have to be perfect, that tells us every day in some form or fashion that we are not good enough. And what Paul is saying is God's perfect love in Jesus Christ is the only thing that we need to be focused on, is the only thing that we need to be directing our hearts toward everything else is secondary. What is primary is, the, is a saving relationship with Jesus Christ. And what good news that is. Lord, I pray that we are mindful of your word. I pray that we are prayerful 
of asking Jesus into the even the most difficult places in our lives because the gospel will free us. For we have died to the old self, to the world, and we have been resurrected into something new. Lord, that is the gospel truth. Let us lean on the promises of God that are eternal and that will lead us toward a holy life. Guide and direct us all. Lord, forgive us for how and for when we have failed you. Lord, free us from the sinful life. Lord, we ask this always in the healing and saving name of Jesus Christ. Amen.